Well, welcome back to the Walk as Jesus Walk podcast series. And in today's message, we're going to continue in our short series discussing uh, the end of times, the the end of the world. Is this the end of the world? Um, and a lot of people are thinking with what's going on in the world today that um, the day is approaching. Uh, and in this part, part four, we're going to begin our discussion in the last book in the Bible, which is the revelation of Jesus Christ. And we're going to look at chapters one through five. And then in, of course, future podcasts, the next uh, three or four, uh, we'll discuss the remaining chapters, all of which contain significant events that are going to take place here in this world and right up until the end of days. So I encourage you to read the full chapters on your own. I'm not going to go through every single line by line, every verse by verse. I'm going to go through what's in the chapters and what it has to offer us uh, in the way of what's going on in this world that's drawing us closer to the end of days. But I do encourage that you go ahead and read this book. Uh, this is, the book of Revelation is the only book in the Bible that comes with a distinct blessing. As it states, blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear and obey what is written in it, because the time is near. So as we go through this book, Blessed are those who obey what is written in because the time is near. So we want to hear it, but we also want to obey it. Now, many events that are written in uh, the entire Revelation uh, have to do with events that are taking place not only on earth, but events that are taking place in heaven because John was caught up into heaven when he received this revelation. So reading the whole book is going to give you a lot more information uh, than what we're going to be dealing with in these podcasts, because they're focused more on what's going on in this world that's drawing us closer to the end times, to the final days. But um, you want to get a glimpse of what's happening in this world. This is a podcast, but if you want to get a glimpse of what happens and, and is happening in heaven, then I encourage you to read the full prophecy, the full revelation of Jesus uh, in uh, what's called the book of Revelation. So in Revelation chapter one, we read, uh, this is the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants what must soon come to pass. Now, soon in the eyes of God, a day is as a thousand years, as a thousand years is as a day. So Coming soon to people in this world, well, it's been a couple of thousand years. How can you say it's coming soon? For God, it's been a couple of days. Now, it goes on to say, he made it known by sending his angel to his servant, John, who testifies to everything that he saw. So John's going to write his testimony, a testi testified account of everything that he saw. This is the word of God. And the testimony of Jesus Christ. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear and obey what is written in it, because the time is near. John, to the seven churches in the province of Asia, grace and peace to you from him who is, 
who was and is to come, and from the seven spirits before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. Now, it's really important to understand that that John was uh, on an island. He was actually exiled on an island, Patmos. And while he was there, he was caught up in the spirit in to being able to see into heaven and seeing the things that were happening and that will happen. Now, note, there's no time in heaven. When he's seeing this, it's like everything on a billboard and there's no timelines on it. So it's not a chronological account that John gives. That's the first misnomer that people think, if you read it from beginning to end, everything is chronologically laid out. No, it's not. In fact, as we get into talking about the wrath of God, you'll see clearly how the uh, things that John wrote down weren't in a chronological order, but in fact, he wrote down everything that he could see and what he was exposed to when he was in heaven. And so Jesus told John, therefore, write down the things that you have seen and the things that are and the things that will happen after this. This is the mystery of the seven stars that you saw in my right hand. And so if you are reading along in, in Revelation and you're looking at chapters one through five, realize it talks about the fact that there are seven stars in the right hand of Jesus and of the seven golden lampstands. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. Now, we need to really listen closely to what the Spirit says to the churches in these next couple of chapters, chapters two and three, because it really applies to everyone who claims that they follow Jesus, not just those seven churches that John was speaking of or writing to, but in fact, you and I, if you're in Christ, you will be blessed if you take the time to read the full revelation of Jesus. So here, as I said, I'm just going to capture some of the common themes. Uh, the first church that's mentioned is the church in Ephesus. And here's what Jesus said, I have this against you. So right away, he's telling them, hey, you know what? I see you've done this. I've seen you've done that. But then he goes right in and says, I have this against you. We need to listen to what Jesus has against those who claim to follow him. He says, you have abandoned your first love. Therefore, keep in mind how far you have fallen. Repent and perform the deeds that you did at first. But if you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. But you have this for your credit. You hate the work of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Now, the doctrine and the works of the, the Nicolaitans, um, came, they came forth out of a wrong interpretation of the grace of God that was preached by the apostles. We have that today in churches all around the world. So anytime you wrongly interpret the grace of God and you start applying rules and traditions and things on top of it, well, that's pretty much what the Nicolaitans did. They misused the grace of God and the liberty in Christ to fulfill their carnal, even their sexual lusts and desires. Now, he goes on to say, Jesus does, 
he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who overcomes, I will grant the right to eat from the tree of life in the paradise of God. Then he goes on, he's talking to the church in Smyrna. I know your affliction and your poverty, though you are rich. And I am aware of the slander of those who falsely claim to be Jews, but are in fact a synagogue of Satan. Do not fear what you are about to suffer. Look, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison to test you, and you will suffer tribulation for 10 days. But be faithful, even unto death. If you do, I will give you the crown of life. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The one who overcomes will not be harmed by the second death. Now to the church in Pergamum, I have a few things against you because some of you hold to the teachings of Balaam who taught Balak to place a stumbling block before the Israelites so they would eat food sacrificed to the idols and commit sexual immorality. In practical terms, the teaching or doctrine of Balaam is the view that Christians can or even should compromise their convictions for the sake of popularity, for money, for sexual gratification, or for personal gain. Now, it's the attitude that treats sin as no big deal. That's what Balaam was selling. In the same way, Jesus said, some of you also hold to the teachings of the Nicolaitans. So now, not only were those in Pergamum taking and following the way of Balak, but they were following the way of the Nicolaitans. Therefore, repent, Jesus said, otherwise I will come to you shortly and wage war against them with a sword of my mouth, with his words. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who overcomes, I will give the hidden manna. I will also give him a white stone inscribed with a new name known only to the one who receives it. Now, to the church in Thyatira, I have this against you. You tolerate that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess. By her teaching, she misleads my servants to be sexually immoral and to eat food that's sacrificed to idols. Even though I have given her time to repent of her immorality, He's unwilling. Behold, I cast her onto a bed of sickness, and those who commit adultery with her will suffer great tribulation unless they repent of her deed. Then I will strike her children dead, and all the churches will know that I am the one who searches the minds and the hearts, and I will repay each of you according to your deeds. But I say to the rest of you in Thyatira, who do not hold to her teaching and have not learned the so-called deep things of Satan, in other words, doctrines that take you away from the truth, I will place no further burden upon you. Nevertheless, I need you to hold fast to what you have until I come. 
and to the one who overcomes, who does hold fast and continues in my work until the end, until the very end, I will give authority over the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter and shatter them like pottery. Just as I have received authority from my father, and I will give him the morning star, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Now to the church in Sardis, I know your deeds. You have a reputation for being alive, yet you are dead. Wake up and strengthen what remains, which was about to die. For I have found your deeds incomplete in the sight of my God. Remember then what you have received and heard, the good news, the gospel. Keep it and repent. If you do not wake up, I will come like a thief, and you will not know the hour when I am coming upon you. But you do have a few people in Sardis who have not soiled their garments. And because they are worthy, because they are worthy, not you, they will walk with me in white. Like them, you could be one who overcomes, and the one who does overcome will be dressed in white. And I will not blot their name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and his angels. He wasn't here. Let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So if you do not uh, persevere to the end, if you do not overcome, your name you can expect to be blotted out of the Lamb's book of life. That's what Jesus said. To the church in Philadelphia, because you have kept my command to persevere to the end, I will also keep you, the ones who persevere to the end, from the hour of testing that is about to come on the whole world. This would be God's wrath. He will then, he says, I will keep you from that hour. This is when he takes his church off of the earth because they will not suffer that wrath. Those are the ones who persevere to the end. So he says that I will go ahead and keep you from the testing that will test those who dwell on the earth. I am coming soon. Hold fast to what you have, he said, so that no one will take your crown. The one who does overcome, I'll make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he will never again leave it. Upon him, I will write the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem that comes down from heaven, and my new name. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And finally, to the church in Laodicea, I know your deeds. You are neither hot nor cold. Oh, how I wish that you were one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to vomit you out of my mouth. You'll have no place with me. You say I am rich. I have grown wealthy. I need nothing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may become rich white garments so that you may be clothed. And now that you are clothed and your shameful nakedness 
won't be exposed. And salve to anoint your eyes so that you'll see. Those I love, I rebuke and discipline. Therefore, be earnest and repent. Turn away from this world. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and dine with him and he with me. So to the one who does overcome, I will grant the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I overcame and I sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Thus, what is the common theme found in what the Spirit says to all of these churches? It is that many who are in these churches live their lives just as the world lives. And the Lord has this against them. They profess to follow the Jesus. Some even began down the road and were following Jesus, but they did not remain in Christ. Therefore, many will not overcome, and they will not hold fast, and they will not be faithful to the end, even if that's death. Therefore, those who do not persevere to the very end, they can only expect to have their names blotted out of the, the Lamb's book of life. Now, in relationship to chapter 4, um, and you need to go and read the whole thing because I'm just giving you a, a just a small um, piece. It says, after this, I looked and I saw a door standing open in heaven. This is what John wrote. And the voice I had previously heard speak to me like a trumpet was saying, come up here and I will show you what must happen after these things. At once, I was in the spirit and I saw a throne standing in heaven with someone seated on it. Therefore, we know that John was caught up into heaven to witness these things and saw Jesus sitting on the throne. In Revelations chapter 5, we read, Then I saw a scroll in the right hand of the one seated on the throne. That would be Jesus. It had writing on both sides, and it was sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, Who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or even look inside it. And I began to weep bitterly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or look inside it. Then one of the elders said to me, do not weep. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed to open the scroll and its seven seals. Now, as we continue, we'll get deeper in and find out what the seals are. Um, and we'll find out what those scrolls say. And we'll talk more about how the coming wrath upon the earth will devastate. But remember that we talked about those churches. And the one who overcomes will be caught up with Christ in the clouds and will be taken off of this earth as, uh, this earth as his bride and will not see these coming punishments 
for the disobedient sinful world, the wrath of God. So the first five chapters in the book, uh, they really set the stage for what's to come next in this revelation, the coming wrath of God. And, and this world is going to see this, but yet those who are in Christ will be spared. In the next part, we'll discuss chapters 6 through 11 from the book of Revelation. Now, here we'll see what awaits those who reject the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, who do not persevere to the end, who fall away. As Jesus said, many will fall away from the truth. As always, we need to remain vigilant, vigilant in our faith, and persevere to the end. And that that is what will allow us to gain eternal life and will allow us to have a place with our Lord in heaven forevermore. So if we're doing these things, realize this, that we are walking as Jesus walked.